I personally cannot wait for Colm's tell-all sit-down interview with Piers Morgan where he bitches about Brad for 40 minutes straight. Welcome to And The Kick Is Good. Tucker, it would be the longest in NFL history if it's good. A 66-yard try. Tucker's kick is on the way. It is good! Crossbar, and it tumbles through. It is good! Time has expired. Hello, and welcome to episode 113 of the And The Kick Is Good podcast. My name's Tom, I'm your host, and I'm joined as usual by Brad and Colm. Make a greeting, guys. No. Happy holidays, because you can't say Merry (laughs) Christmas anymore. Starbucks. That's that's right, I switched (laughs) it up on you. I didn't tell you what to say this week, and Colm, you failed miserably. Um, (laughs) First rule of improv, just start (laughs) with a flat note. Yeah, exactly. That's what they say. Um, That is the end of week 10. We're into week 11, and this podcast will go into a little bit of news that has broken since and just before the games and throughout the games and also recapping all of the games. I said games a lot there. Um, that happened over the weekend and through Monday night. Um, there were there were some barn burners. Like you might have to give out more than one weekly barn burner. This is why I said last week, Colin. Well, I think perhaps... the first time there you said bum burner. <laughs> uh, Brad, if you want to edit it in and put it in again <laughs> now, that... <laughs> and <laughs> and cut to here. So. Yeah, this is why you don't want to give out a barn burner every week column, um, because this week it feels like you needed multiple, so you should have saved some up, because that's how weekly award works. However, before we get into the game recaps... <laughs> it's completely wrong. I love how you've gone on a minute tangent, just to be completely sticking to your point about barn burners, which is still wrong as it was last week. Brad, no one can ever tell me that I don't nail my colours to the mast, that I'm not easily pushed <laughs> off my opinion. How have you been? How has your week been? What have you been doing? Uh, speaking of games uh, and mentioning games, I played mind games with Column and Fantasy, which made me enjoy it just a tiny bit more uh, <laughs> by managing to say, I'm going to take Jeff Wilson. And Colin was like, oh yeah, sure. Forgetting he was wa- higher waiver priority than me. So this podcast is... Oh, it's annoyed me that Seahawks... Uh, uh, Tris has taken a Seahawks defense because I wanted them for my week. I was like, oh, okay. And then... Chris immediately dropped the Seahawks defense and I went, aha, I'm higher than you in the priorities. I'm going to take the Seahawks defense. And then they were mediocre. (laughs) (laughs) So so, so this podcast is rapidly becoming, Brad updates us on how into fantasy he is. Open brackets. It's basically whether he won or not. Close brackets. That's simply not true. Because there have been weeks where I won and I feel nothing inside. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm not going to ask you how you are, Colm. I'm simply going to say... This. Read all about it. Latest football card. Morning paper. Morning star. Paper mister. So, as per usual, Thursday <laughs> night football uh, kicked us off this week with uh, Atlanta travelling to Carolina. And I assume Colm had that game because he tends to kill himself every week by having Thursday night football. Can I? Can I just make a sort of executive decision here, Colm, on your behalf? Can we just get through Atlanta, <laughs> Carolina, and Seattle, Tampa Bay very quickly and just get to the game that we all want to talk oh. about? <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll see how long this takes for me to do um, on my notes. 
Uh, this was a bad game of football, and I did not like it. Uh, that was fifteen twenty-five to the Panthers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there's there's really so little to talk about this game. It was just bad football. Thursday night football sucks each week. That is a consistent theme. Are they gonna Panthers? Are they gonna switch away from PJ Walker this week or not? Yes. But, yeah. They oh, yeah? they already have, they, have, have I believe have because of injury. Have they? Okay. Because uh, of oh. Walker has a high ankle sprain, so Mayfield starts. Darnold's the backup. Whoa, Baker time, baby. I cannot wait. <laughs> you say that, and yet right. you won't pick them in the game draft. Y- yes, there was sarcasm in there. Sorry, was that <laughs> not clear? No. Uh, next game, then. Seahawks Buccaneers at, at Munich Stadium. Alliance Arena. Thank you very much. Or Alliance. When have we ever done sponsors in here? <laughs> Buffalo Play at Orchard Park. I mean, the entire. Et cetera, et cetera. We had that entire like five minute eulogy for Heinz Field because now it's. Acupuncture Stadium or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah, so uh, Seahawks Bucks. Um, almost barn burner out in Deutschland. Lenny throws a pick. Jenny almost had a, uh, Gino almost had a comeback. Brady's old now, older than the trees, but he ain't retiring when he can still get dubs like these. Country road, take me home. <laughs> Join it to the place. <laughs> you don't get to do this. Avalon. It's actually put the song. I was like, am I hearing an echo? No, no. He's actually playing the song in the background. Yeah. Oh, anyway, dear. this was a middling game of football, but with top vibes. Germany uh, shocked the Americans by having fans sing a song together. Uh, this is apparently a very unique concept for Americans <laughs> uh, who were fascinated <laughs> That this happens. Um, <laughs> uh, the Bucks finally found a run game because uh, Fournette moved the second fiddle to White. This allowed the Bucks to move the ball much more fis- efficiently and not require Brady to throw the ball sixty times a game as he previously has done. The Seahawks looked like uh, for three quarters of the game like who we thought they were when the season began. They entered the fourth quarter trading twenty-one to three um, and then set themselves too large a task to try and return in this one. The result of this game has many pundits wondering how many teams they can stuff into Europe. Um, I've seen Peter King talk about how Spain's probably the next expansion place. Uh, I think Goodell um, raised a few eyebrows recently when he talked about putting an entire division in Europe. I think all this is quite fanciful, if you ask me, but it's good to see uh, more football will be played in Europe, and that means more fun for us. Uh, I mean, does it? I think just touching on that note... Um, I think it's pretty clear now that Europe isn't getting a franchise. Like after after this many years of numerous London games and now pushing this, like we are a novelty rather than an every week um, staple, and I think that's fine. Um, I think they've tried to make it work logistically, but just one game a season still throws enough teams out to where doing it multiple times a season or coming over for like, you know, it just isn't going to work short of having, you know, an 18, 20 game season and having two or three bye weeks. That might be the only way that you can make it work. Um, just, just on that note, rather than talking about the game. You could, you could have a team it's... over here, but like not a specific country. You probably have to make like a European team entirely like the European unions or something and then like just you never play football in the UK that might be like the only way around it 
like that they actually do it yeah. it's like cool you're you're like the Harlem Globetrotters of Europe you just travel around and play like a weirdly united th- thing for us yeah I think realistically we're talking probably like 20 years before there's like a serious franchise or franchises in Europe what I could see being the next step and it was something I thought about earlier today was whether each NFL team could have like a twin city where they play a game every other year or you know three <laughs> years maybe so it's like you know New England you know Mass Boston has historic links with like Dublin so that's their team um Las you know, Vegas twinned like, with Rotherham. <laughs> yeah. I bet it could like it could be like the Bills in Toronto, Seattle and Vancouver or whatever. You know, they they don't have to be huge distances apart, but I could see every team getting a twinned city I mean, where they go back and play. Some like, of them do have countries that they're linked to now and areas and they get first rights on those, but yeah, I think it's a pipe dream. And you said 20 years to get a serious NFL team over in Europe, franchise in Europe. I think we'd still, in 20 years, be searching for 32 serious NFL franchises in the U- in the US, let alone everywhere else in Europe. <laughs> there are some Mickey Mouse franchises out there. Uh, so, yeah, a pipe dream, but who knows? We might get like a feeder division or a summer division. That might be the way that they work it out, um, which... It could work i guess like obviously we take summer break for our, our football season so might 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 work to slot it in there but hey ho column uh take us through the first bomb burner of the week uh in the minnesota <laughs> the vikings o- only bomb burner of the week as far as i'm concerned um yeah vikings yeah i don't know bills. yeah i don't know how the bills bottled this one uh, because they were up by two scores, at least two scores, for the vast majority of this game. Um, we'll fast forward the entire like recap uh, to the, almost the end of the third quarter, where Bass drills a 45-yarder and the Bills take a 27-10 lead. So effectively, at that point, three-score lead, right? Uh, the Vikings immediately answer with Cook breaking up a huge touchdown run on the first play of their next drive, um, and the Bills, uh, you know, drive the field. Oh, sorry, so that takes us to 27-17. Bills then drive the field uh, to get to a long fourth and goal and ignore what the analytics say here, uh, which says, in no circumstances should you throw the ball straight at Patrick Peterson. <laughs> uh, he takes out the end zone, and that begins another touchdown drive for the Vikings, which ends with Ham falling into the end zone, and it's now 23-27. Bills go free and out, uh, and the Vikings then have another long drive which included Justin Jefferson doing what I call a reverse uh, mossing, where he uh, managed to take the ball away from the defender by coming up from underneath him um, and making an insane play on 4th and 18th. Uh, the Vikings then end up in a 4th and inches situation and somehow can't sneak Kirk Cousins into the end zone, meaning the ball's turned over on downs uh, with next to no time left. The Bills now need just one yard, and then they can kneel out the game from there. Uh, Josh Allen fails to sneak out of the end zone, and at this point, I'm just asking myself uh, if no one in the NFL actually practices uh, QB sneaks anymore. Side note, I have my own design on a play. I think that should be run on, like, you know, 99 to go uh, situations, which involves a halfback pass. You'll be surprised. I'll send you uh, drawings <laughs> a bit later. Um, You've already got more of but... my interest than Joe Judge, who has uh, interesting <laughs> third of long situations. Uh 
So yeah, now that he, you know, what was worse about that was he also lost the ball. The Vikings recover it. They're now up 30-27. Um, and we discover that next to no time is still enough time for Allen to drive the field, get a field goal, and send us to overtime. Vikings go first. <laughs> Vikings go first and hit the field goal. Allen takes the ball down the field, and with less than two minutes on the clock, he's on the edge of the red zone. Uh, time is against him here, and if they go aggressive, they can get the touchdown, which is going to win the game. If they go very conservative, they could hit a field goal and take a tie, uh, which is obviously not ideal, but half a point could be the difference between, like, you know, coming first in your um, conference, getting that, bi- you know, bye week in the playoffs, or maybe coming, like, fourth, because it could be that kind of real tight. Then you've got playing extra week of football and all that kind of stuff. Um, so they've got two quite clear options there. But what analytics do say not to do is under no circumstances should you throw the ball straight at Patrick Peterson. <laughs> Josh Allen does this again, and that ends the game. Um, uh, I knew the punchline. Still funny. Yeah. What a roller coaster of a game that was. Vikings somehow burgled this despite being down for the vast majority of the game. Yeah, this is one that people came out of and were like, oh my word, the, the Vikings, are they real? They're a contender. Look at the way they won this game, which was like, yeah, they won this game by... This game played out like a kid's film about if they had wishes in order to, you know, and they were using them to help the team win. Like, it was ridiculous. Like, that fumble, those errant throws, those everything. They are still yet to win a game by more than eight points. So they're still well within all one-score games on all eight wins. And people want to crown their ass already? No, they're still not a fully fleshed out team and likewise i but on the other side i am more than willing to lower down the bills in terms of at one point this season early in the season they look like unequivocally the best team in the nfl and now they look like there or thereabouts they were last year where they you know you'd still probably look at it and go they need to add a couple pieces to be the slam dunk number one team in the league, so they they're really starting to like just fall back into the into the meme. Um, but yeah, the Vikings. I don't believe that they are <laughs> the, the team that they are. Um, this was just one of those weeks where Kirk Cousins throws it fifty times and manages to get it to Justin Jefferson ten times, and that's enough to win a game. <laughs> Like, he's, uh, Justin Jefferson, very good at football. Uh, controversial take, <laughs> I know. Uh, Tom, anything to add on the on, on the bullshit victory that wasn't that this game was? I just don't get it. Like, the Vikings are going to make every team they play against look like the same team, and yet apparently beat them. I, I, <laughs> you had every version of Kirk Cousins in this. You had the one that takes a bad sap, you had the one that throws the ball away when there's a perfectly good completion, the one that gets the random bullshit completion, the one that throws a really good throw, and the one that hands the ball off and gets a random long touchdown. Like this was this was everything Kirk Cousins has been solidified Cousins, and packaged up and, yeah. and, and delivered first class. Cousins threw probably what I thought was one of the worst picks I've seen all season. And bearing in mind this week I also watched uh, Mariota throw the ball in the air while on his ass to no So are you not counting those Josh Allen uh, interceptions as interceptions but instead passes to Patrick Pierce? I'm, I'm calling them bad analytics. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, that was the other thing. To, to reiterate a point that I've made several times in the last few weeks, much to the 
uh, contrary of some listeners. You, uh, Josh Allen picked off targeting Gabe Davis again. <laughs> I don't know what it is, whether he's just like, eh, Gabe Davis can make this pass work and it <laughs> never works or what. But he's picked off, like I think it's like the fifth fifth interception in the last three weeks targeting Gabe Davis. There's something going on there. He's got to be like Trent Williams and that he has a tell as to what's going on. Uh, anything else to add on this game, gentlemen? I don't think so. Not for me. No, cool. let's go to my first game of... I didn't write any notes and I'm just trying to remember what I saw of this game on Sunday. Uh, the Lions beat the... That's going to be a much longer title this week <laughs> than last week. Uh, the Lions beat the Bears 31-30 to in a bizarre game. It's similar somewhat to the... <laughs> To the Bills, the the Bears were leading this one pretty much the whole way. Um, if from the second, they came out the second half, went up two scores in the first two plays, in uh, including one was a fifty yard uh, deep pass to Cole Komet, much to Colum's delight, uh, and then they sort of imploded a little bit and conceded twenty one points in a in the final quarter. And I'm not massively sure how. Uh, they had a pass that was picked off that was then... Uh, the Lions had a pass that was picked off and then turned around for illegal use of hands to the face. Uh, they then managed to get a DeAndre Swift nine-yard touchdown. They then picked off Justin Fields when he was targeting Cole Komet again. Uh, that went back for a touchdown. The, the Bears then scored a touchdown on a 67-yard Justin Fields run, which had me screaming he can't keep getting away with it because he just seems to get tackled twice in the backfield and then suddenly squirm his way through for, for massive gains uh, in, in the second big rushing touchdown in as many weeks. Uh, it sort of slowed down a little bit, and then oh, I should actually mention on that on that big touchdown run, uh, the Bears missed the extra point, which set up the actual final score when the Lions managed to uh, drive the field, uh, got a Jamal Williams one-yard rushing touchdown, and scored the extra point, which uh, from Michael Badgley, which put them up, and then Field sort of defaulted into this weird the game's on your back now, but he doesn't want to throw it. He wants to kind of run every time he's, you know, instead of, uh, instead of passing. And I don't know why the lions went out of their way to win this one. I get that that's the spirit of football, but this is such like a, a fucker for their draft position. Uh, overall that I think they're now what they might be out of the top five, um, for, for draft positions. So I don't know why they won this, the Bears... Yeah, well, the, the Steelers have three wins and they're 10th and the Lions have three <laughs> wins, so yeah, they probably are outside the top five. The, I just checked, they are 11th, uh, which isn't great. Uh, Chicago are now sixth as a result of this. But, so yeah, this is a weird one with two teams that are going nowhere this year, but the Bears look exciting, but they also look like they just traded away a few of their biggest defensive pieces at the end there, uh, and they need some on-field leadership, shall we say, to, to come in and really uh, shore that team up. And yeah, I don't know why the, the Lions are trying to win. It might be because they have the Rams pick and the Rams are just as bad, if not worse, than these two teams at the moment. 
yeah. any thoughts feelings did you catch any of this anything i may have missed if if somebody came to you and said i have to watch either the lions or the bears this week who should i watch who would you tell them to watch uh well the bears face the texans ignore, ignore that just think of the, the team that the, you know, the team that they are I would say the Bears. Yeah? How, like, and how... Because how Justin sort of Fields staunch is... are you on that? <laughs> Not very, but... Okay, and that's sort of my point, I think, but go on. Yeah, like, Justin Fields has, like, a couple of these big highlight plays in him and then not a lot else. But yeah. I would take that over... Jared Goff throwing the ball and hoping Amon Ross St. Brown does something with it while you seemingly like every other fan in Detroit go why the fuck aren't they using DeAndre Swift more? Yeah, the Lions <laughs> are sort of a, a budget Washington commanders at this point aren't they? I mean that's a good spot like to that's... be in apparently because <laughs> we'll get to later on yeah but yeah I, I'd probably watch the Bears but just to see if if, if Either Justin Fields will get destroyed in the backfield, or he'll, as I say, keep getting away with it. I think I agree with you, but I, like, I think it's really close. <laughs> well, Tom, let's uh, now let's take it to two teams that you'd rather probably not watch again: uh, the Broncos at the Titans. Uh, yeah, the first note I had on this game was Tennessee's punter. Is he the best player in this game? <laughs> the answer is yes, probably. Um, the Titans won this one 17-10 to go 6-3, and three, which feels like it's being relatively slept on in terms of the overall records in the NFL right now. Um, this game was a complete waste of time to watch an experience for probably about 55 minutes of collective time. Um, one excellent note is Malik Willis had one carry for minus four yards and a <laughs> lost fumble um, so his rookie season goes from strength to strength um, Nick Westbrook Akini brought in five receptions for 119 yards and two touchdowns because that's apparently a thing Nick Westbrook Akini does at this point um, but this Titans team and this Titans offense right now having got rid of AJ Brown shock that has a negative effect on your passing game is so condensed if it's not a screen or a run up the middle with Henry then it's like a, a quick in or a quick out or it's Ryan Tannehill taking a sack they do have one other play and that's one of the ones they hit deep to Westbrook Akini and that was the flea flicker but a flea flicker in 2022 isn't a trick play anymore you know every team has it every team pulls it out once every sort of four or five weeks it's not this special crazy play anymore um, the special plays now are the QB slip uh, at receiver position on the RB pass uh, to set up the, <laughs> the interception. Um, the the Denver team is so sloppy in general that there are shady guys in Los Angeles basements that think it's a bit much. <laughs> like, <laughs> I honestly i do not understand how this team commits as many penalties and throws as many bad passes drops passes missed tackles they are so poorly coached or so poor in situational football it is untrue 
and uh, they, they they look like an XFL team trying to play in the NFL right now. They suffered a couple of other injuries in this one. Jerry Judy went out with an ankle, um, and KJ Hamler's lost for a couple of weeks. They also lost a couple of offensive linemen. So it's going to be a struggle from here on, but basically has been a struggle for the entire season for them. Um, the the Titans pass rush it keeps going from strength to strength. The edge threat still isn't there to a huge extent. They're kind of just popping it together with guys like Dylan Cole got a sack, Mario Edwards got a sack, Rashad Weaver got one and a half sacks. So it's they're just kind of throwing together a pass rush by platoon. But Wilson was sacked six times in this game. And for a guy that was previously considered quite mobile, quite shifty behind an offensive line, which was considered above average, that kind of caught me by surprise. Um, I I just don't... I, I, what are the Titans and what are the Broncos at this point? Um, the Titans, I, I wrote, the Titans showed how to lose two games in two weeks and yet won both of them, which I thought was quite impressive. Um, they, they didn't did, win last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, they lost to the they Chiefs. They lost to the Chiefs. Um, but they, they, they showed kind of last week in terms of shutting down a quarterback for most of the entire game. Um, and then they looked like, for large portions of this one, that they were just going to let the Broncos in because their offense was doing absolutely nothing. Um, I, Russell Wilson's pocket clock, like his, his, his timing in terms of when he needs to release the ball, has totally left him. Whether it's whether there's some sort of injury that's going to come out in the summer, whether it's confidence, whether it's this system with Hackett or whatever it is, like it is not working at all. Um, the Titans could have, as I said earlier, punted probably every play of this game, and I think they would have stood an above-average chance of winning <laughs> it. It was that bad. What I will say caught my attention is people looking to hype up Mike Rabel and the Titans and saying, oh my God, he's doing such a great job of keeping them atop the AFC South. The next person, the, the next highest team in the AFC South is 4-5-1 and one and have just hired a former centre with no head coaching experience ever to be their coach for the rest of the season. And the t- the, if you look at the teams the t- Titans have won, this beat, is exactly what I was about to six say. And three, yeah. You look at the teams that they've actually beat and then look at the teams they've lost to. Like the, the three teams they've lost to are actual contenders. The Chiefs, the Bills, the Giants. Like These are teams that are going to... Don't try and slip the Giants in. Hold on, hold on, hold on. absolutely no chance. But, Thank you very much. But the teams they've beaten are the Raiders, the Colts twice when they were in pure free fall, the Commanders, the Texans... and With Wentz. This... The Commanders with Wentz. Oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> uh, the Texans and the Broncos. And yes... The, the the Titans are doing what we are asking the good teams in the NFL to do, which is put away the bad teams. But they're not doing what the really good teams in the NFL do, which is beat other good teams. So, well, the, when you say you're putting them away, two point win over the Raiders, seven over the Colts, four over the Commanders, nine over the Colts the second time, seven over the Texans, and seven this week. So they're, they're basically all one-score games. Ah, um, except, they, yeah, but they beat the Colts by nine points, and that's something the Vikings haven't done so far this season. <laughs> and they're well, ready they to play, crown their ass in the NFC. So <laughs> They play tomorrow night, which is Thursday night, at the, at the Packers, who um, we'll talk about later. But, yeah, this, this could be one that catches people out. Like, this could be... I wonder what the line is. What are the, are the Packers' favourites this week? Uh, I don't uh, know how. 
But the Titans are the only division leader currently with a negative point differential. Like, just as an, another example of, they are the the record flatters to deceive. And we're seeing a lot of that in, in the NFL right now. Uh, with that said, uh, as you find the line, Tom, do you want me to, are you okay for me to run through my three games? Or have we got the, the better Yeah, line? yeah, it's all right, just go for it, I'll... Uh, the Jags at the Chiefs. This is twenty-seven seventeen to the Chiefs. This was the Isaiah Pacheco and surprisingly Kadarius Tony breakout game. Uh, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, and just sort of should remind everyone why he's the actual MVP runner. They just want to crown someone new because it's more exciting than admitting that the best player in football is the best player in football every year. Uh, he was just lights out, even though he threw an interception. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was, again, good to... Uh, you know, he was decent, uh, basically. And the scoreline flatters that they got it within 10 points. The Chiefs kind of took their foot off the gas. They were up quite... Uh, early and up by a bit but yeah Trevor Lawrence has a decent rapport going Christian Kirk I like the look of him uh, I think he's going to just progress more and more and then next year should should really break out which should be great uh, the big note from this game for the Chiefs was the potential loss of Juju Smith-Schuster to the concussion protocol and what was a, a brutal hit um yeah, not not a not a big fan of this one. Um, but they they have stepped up. They are some of their parts now. Tony does look to be getting more involved week after week. Scored a touchdown in this one. Uh, Travis Kelsey is still Travis Kelsey. The the Chiefs just look a great all round you know well rounded team. Uh, big big fans. Uh, we then have uh, Cleveland at Miami in what was. Just a bizarre final game for Jacoby Brissett before uh, he who shall not be named come back into the league. <laughs> the Dolphins basically committed as much as they could to getting ahead early and then denying the Browns the use of Nick Chubb, who still managed to score a touchdown. All things, uh, all things said and done. So that was pretty good. Uh, Tua played lights out. Skylar Thompson even had a brief appearance in this one. Uh, towards the end, uh, but yeah, Tua played pretty great. He's he, he obviously the focus has been on how much Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle have been involved, but the addition of Jeff Wilson Jr. has added a completely new and fresh dynamic to their run game. Raheem Mostert was eight for sixty-five and an eight-yard average, but he looks like he gets caught at the two-yard line, you know, two-yard gain every single time. He just then occasionally breaks one, whereas Wilson is a lot more consistent over the course of the game. And players like Trent Sherfield and, and Alec Ingold uh, just just seem to keep making appearances. So the Dolphins are trying to give you as much as they can to worry about and not have you commit to being like, cool, we need to double-team Tyreek, <laughs> we need to double-team Waddle, uh, and we're sorted. Like They, they are spreading the ball around and making you really consider everyone uh, i don't see this browns team getting a lot better when uh when he who shall not be named comes into back this week but we also also don't know what he's going to play like if he plays like that one season that he you tom said he was a top three top five qb maybe but i just don't see them getting that much better 
He doesn't come back this week, by the way. Does he not? He does in no, training. No. Oh, it's training. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what he, I'm saying. He's still got. He's still got a couple of weeks. He comes back against yeah. the Texans. Oh, that's it. And they're the thing. Just, the Bills this week, aren't yeah. they? Sorry, that's my bad. Yeah, so just very quickly, uh, this was my shellacking of the week. Tom, hit that theme. It's Colin shellacking of the week. Lovely stuff. Uh, and then Giants, my New York Giants, back off the bye week, and they look just like they did before the bye week. Uh, they rushed it 35 times with Saquon Barkley uh, in this one. They won 24-16 to 16 in a game that was closer than it had any right to really be. But then you realize Davis Mills has to win the game. I think I said that last week and it still rings true here. Uh, Davis Mills had probably the most unimpressive 300-yard <laughs> performance of the season. Uh, <laughs> it's just forgettable, but... The Texans did basically put down on tape, hey, here's how you beat the Giants secondary, uh, except they just couldn't get their, find their way into the end zone for the most part uh, on that. Meanwhile, the Giants were like, we're just going to run it with Barkley and it's going to work. Uh, they had one big play to Darius Slayton for a touchdown, and uh, Kenny Golladay's big return uh, resulted in him being benched at halftime and replaced by Isaiah Rogers, who he literally just picked up off the Colts practice squad the week prior. So, how are things going for the Giants? We're seven and two, and we're going to the Super Bowl. Um, no further <laughs> questions or comments at this time. Oh dear, uh, Tom. <laughs> The New Orleans Saints at your Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, this was a weird one. Um, <laughs> How many the, the times have we said Steelers, that this season? Yeah, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers looked dominant for about 54 to 56 minutes of this one, uh, which sounds good until you realise they're playing Andy Dalton uh, and a Saints team that were down about four defensive starters and three offensive linemen. Um, uh, as well as missing guys like Michael Thomas, who have obviously been put on IR for the season. This was a skeleton of a team that has not been very good all season, with an uninspiring quarterback and a running back who just couldn't get going. That's the Saints, by the way, not the Steelers. <laughs> um, the, the Steelers did what they've probably wanted to do the entire season. They ran for over 200 yards. Najee Harris was uh, one yard short of 100. Kenny Pickett ran for 51 yards. Jalen Warren looked explosive and uh, took over basically all of the late game work when Najee Harris uh, fumbled a ball. It was recovered by the Steelers, but um, gave them pause. So they decided to give Warren, who already has two fumbles this season, more work apparently. I don't know. Um, I was ready to not quite throw out Kenny Pickett as a quarterback, but I was ready for the Steelers to look at alternative options at the end of this first half. I wrote down a note that said either the wide receivers are not getting open or Kenny isn't seeing the field properly. And having watched the game back and seen various clips, it was undoubtedly the second. This was Matt Canada's finest hour. Um, again, <laughs> oh, no. probably helped by the fact that the Saints were playing like high schoolers in their secondary at times. Um, but he schemed guys open. He learned from old mistakes. He used things like motion on QB sneaks so that Pickett knew exactly where to go, um, like where the hole is. There was one point where, and this is a fairly common occurrence on QB sneaks, but for it to happen in a Steelers offense that didn't know a slant existed until this week, <laughs> um, 
like Kenny Pickett, they would motion a guy from the right to the left that would pull a linebacker, like they would shift the whole defensive formation over. So Pickett would then take the ball from the snap and go through the guard and the tackle for the sneak, knowing that the hole would be there. Um, that, that that's how in the dark ages this Steelers offense has been for the last few weeks. That that I'm considering a major upgrade. Um, Pickett did play better in the second half. Um, it would have been difficult to play worse. Um, he got lucky with a dropped pick that was picked by a player that committed a, uh, a defensive pass interference call. So it's like, how many times can you get lucky and unlucky on one play? But he did miss a wide open Pat Fryer move down the middle of the field on exactly the same play where he just didn't look at him. Um, the Saints have made some noise after this game about addressing their quarterback situation and assessing who's going to be the quarterback going forward. I don't imagine by the end of the season whether you play Dalton every game James Winston every game or feature Taysom Hill it's going to make that much of a difference you're probably plus or minus one win either way because the games that Winston is going to throw away he's going to make up for by throwing for like 400 yards in other games so basically it's like do you want to have a bit of fun or do you want to watch Andy Dalton ruin your team um and I guess that's a question for the defensive coordinator turned head coach. Um, one thing that did strike me when watching this game is I have never understood why you wouldn't want your offensive coordinator in the booth. Like it, it always made sense to me. You get the you get the clearest view of the field. Um, you know, you, he can see plays developing. He can see like defensive sort of transitions, all of that stuff. Um, and then there was one shot when Kenny Pickett went back to the bench and he was basically sat there by himself and I'm like oh yeah I haven't had to watch a rookie quarterback basically for my team ever like that's that's why you want your offensive coordinator on the side to go through those now okay they have those like funky 1995 looking phones that they can talk to each other through and that but yeah I'm that that was just a bit of an eye-opener for me where it's like, oh yeah, like that that's why you would want your offensive coordinator down on the sideline because he could explain to the rookie quarterback what the fuck's going on, especially when your head coach is so defensively minded. Um Have you considered but have you considered that Tom having your offensive coordinator out on the field like you do with your defensive coordinator <laughs> TJ Watt? Because that seems to result in a lot uh, better performance. Uh yeah, he was I mean he made a he made a run stuff uh, on literally the first play of the Saints drive um, of, of the first get of the first drive of the game, um, I don't think he got a sack, but he got a bunch of pressures. He got a, a tackle like for no gain, where he chased Andy Dalton all the way around the field, um, and his return resulted in two Alex Highsmith sacks. So unsurprising. Uh, no Mika Fitzpatrick in this one. We should probably mention, um, but Devontae Casey came off of IR, so he went straight in and played. I think ninety eight percent of snaps, which was quite impressive. Um, yeah, it's, look, the Steelers beat a bad team who were already bad and lost a lot of starters. But I gained a little bit of hope with Matt Canada in this one. Um, oh, no. Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot because you have to take it in context. But the fact that the running game kind of, well, the, the running game definitely worked. But the fact that everything else sort of worked, now it's just like. Like Pickett is the quarterback for next season as well. I, I think that's pretty much dead cert. Um, at least going into like week one next year, I can't see them making any huge splash that will unseat him. Um, so it's it's now just about like how much can he grow between now and the end of the season, and how much can he grow through the off season and, and see the field next year. That's that's how pessimistic I am. <laughs> oh dear. 
Great times. You're so pessimistic. You're finding hope in Matt Canada led offense. Oh, oh, and after uh, sorry, and Matt Wright, Matt Wright, who who played the game instead of Chris Boswell, missed two field goals and had another one blocked, but still went through the posts. Um, so yeah, that's like, Matt Wright's cost career. Us, cost us the six points. That's that's Matt Wright's entire <laughs> he kicked, career. He kicked a 54 yard winning game kick in London for the Jags, and I lost my shit. And all of you guys are like, "What?" It's just, and I'm like, "No, no, it's like you don't get it. Matt Wright can't make 50 yards <laughs> as long as it was like 48 before that, and these were like 30 yards he was missing, like extra point. Oh, it's fucking ridiculous. No, he anyway. barely made. As I told you at the time, he barely made that 54 yarder. It had <laughs> all the spin and all the curl of a Roberto Carlos kicked ball. It was not. He was well, never in and any out good. and back in again. Y- yes, exactly what it did, and it just squirms <laughs> through the upright. You could tell when he hit it, he was like, "Shit, I just put all the leg into that one and nothing else, and just hope for the best." Uh, right, uh, Tom. From one despondent game of football to another, uh, the Colts of the uh, Raiders. It's not original. It was obvious before the game, but we have to call him Jeff Sunday until the Colts lose a game. Uh, Matt Ryan miraculously healed and became an NFL quarterback again (laughs) against one of the worst NFL franchises I have seen in a while. This Raiders team, since cutting Jonathan Abram, has been downright sad. (laughs) They were sad before they cut Jonathan Abram, but shh, let me have this. Um, Derek Carr looks totally lost. Josh Jacobs couldn't really get going. But Jonathan Taylor, boy, welcome back to being an effective NFL player. 147 yards on 22 carries and a touchdown. Turns out to be good you just need to play a shit team um paris campbell had another day 76 yards and a touchdown and yes i will be mentioning it every single time he catches <laughs> a ball column just to make you aware of that uh Devontae adams had his kind of resurgence as well nine receptions for 126 yards and a touchdown um and and after this we've heard everything right like all all the all the crowing from Ursay and, and, and everyone, you know, that has to kind of bite back the things that they said about how much of a kick it was to all the people that have gone through all the different coaching rigmaroles and stuff that, that Saturday was given a head coaching gig. Well, yes and no. Okay. Yes, he came in and got a win and didn't really call any plays. And did he have that much to do with it? Honestly, I don't know. But let's see where he is in a month. Yeah, because if they lose their next three games, then this this one win isn't really going to mean much against the head coach that somehow still has a job, but really shouldn't. Um, and that takes me on to this Raiders team, who are, they are battling it out with like three other teams for being the worst team in the NFL. And that is remarkable when you consider some of the talent they have. Yeah, they are devoid. You you went into, you know, you broke down how people got into such a hissy fit over the Jeff Saturday hiring, but where the hell was that sort of energy when Josh McDaniels got the job? Like, <laughs> yeah. I've got I've got a stat and a question for you guys, by the way. So my stat is, uh, with that win, Jeff Saturday is now only 327 wins behind Don Shula's all-time record. Does he get there? I suppose it's part, you know, a sort of half question. The the actual question I have for you though is John Gruden was fired because of, you know, some horrific emails he'd sent and it became untenable for Mark Davis to keep having to answer for him. But do you think Mark Davis wish he had spent the last twelve months answering for John Gruden rather than watching this team for the last ten weeks? <laughs> well, I mean I will say Gruden still has some friends in the media because people are going out of their way to say, well, this is a Mike Mayock drafted team. 
uh, Josh Wood Daniels coach team and they weren't as good. And it's like, oh, okay. Okay, I see what it is. Everyone's just fucking stick the boot in on Mayok and no one mentioned Gruden because you don't want to get on the wrong side of them. Like, yeah, no. It, the, the reports are today that they don't have enough money to fire McDaniels. So he will at least have two years <laughs> in the job. That is remarkable. That can't be true. It, like, I, I, as, I, the, as, the thing about the Raiders is their value is and their money is tied up in the Raiders. So having had to settle with Gruden, because they didn't get out of the contract, they settled, uh, they will be low on funds from that side. And yeah, apparently, yeah. according to Dove Kleiman, the reason they won't fire Josh McDaniels is financial. They don't have the money. They are cash poor. They cannot afford to fire him and then pay another coach because it won't just be that McDaniel's firing; to see... it'll be everyone else around him, right? So, why didn't they oh. just not stick with Rich Passaccia? <laughs> like everyone will be better. Are off. we about to see the good old-fashioned English football gardening leave in in American football, <laughs> where they where they don't set their fire and they just go like, just just fuck off, all right? <laughs> we'll still pay you, and we'll just get someone else in on you know essentially minimum wage. We'll call plays off Twitch or something. We'll find a way. Yeah. Hey, this is how Mickey Loomis that is, is running the Saints right now. We'll get Marshawn Lynch in to do it, right? Like he he, <laughs> he, he knows his team. Uh, yeah, like pe- people often say, right? Like it's it's a billionaires league. That's not true. There are thirty billionaires, a medium sized town, and a millionaire <laughs> that run this league. Yeah, that's very. And true. every time we lump him as a billionaire, we forget how. <laughs> How much that is different between Mark Davis's money and everyone else's money. <laughs> but Mark and, and and Paul Brown, don't forget Paul Brown. <laughs> I mean, it's just it speaks volumes that Mark Davis is more respected as an owner than <laughs> the likes of Snyder and Ashley and others in the league, right? It's uh, pretty crazy. But yeah, this Raiders team, oh boy, they're. Uh... They're going to get a good draft pick, at least. <laughs> in sole possession of second place right now, which is a, a nice spot to be in. Uh, we have Ben taking us into a column. You're back on the board. Uh, the Cowboys at the Packers. Yeah, uh, Rogers finally has a wide receiver weapon. His name is Christian Watson. Um, he was, you know, the draft darling for everyone. But up until this point of the season, he'd been running what I call the reverse lieutenant down. You know, he'd had great legs, but no hands. Um, what? That makes sense, right? Um, it does, but I've just never heard of, like that metaphor. It's just so bizarre. Well, uh, in this game, he managed to catch four passes for 108 yards, uh, and that included three touchdowns and a long of 58. Had a great game, but the... The Packers on this one were able to finally lean on their run game. Um, you know, both uh, Jones and Dylan had a fantastic time, and that meant that Rodgers only had to throw 20 times. He was effectively a game manager, but that's kind of what the LaFleur, you know, Shanahan, Shanahan, QBX system requires. Um, yeah, Jones and Dylan managed to carry for 5.8 and 5 yards respectively. Really just killed the, the Cowboys on the ground. Um, this was another game that went to overtime thanks to an 89-yard Green Bay drive with a game on the line. Um, first possessable in overtime were Dallas, who managed to reach the Green Bay 35-yard line. Uh, they got to, it was a fourth down when they got there, and the Cowboys could have either kicked the field goal and given a ball back, to, you know, and trusted their defense to uh, win with the game on the line, uh, or they could go for it and try and gain all the glory. 
they did avoid doing the one thing that analytics says to do, which is to, under no circumstances, throw the ball straight at Patrick Peterson. Um, however, they did turn the ball over regardless, so I'm not quite sure how effective that was anyway. Uh, Green Bay managed to march down the field thanks to a big yak from Alan Lazard and then kick a game-winning field goal to win this one 31-28. Uh, um, is is Rogers back now? Are the Green Bay Packers good again, or is it far too late for that? This is the same thing like with the Tom Brady situation, where it's like you're in a declining relationship where they do something and you're just like, oh, but you know that that little bit of spark and you make makes you think you've got a chance. Week, like what week week ten of the NFL season twenty twenty two was that for both Rogers and Brady fans who are both like they're back. My boys are back. They're going to be better than ever. And they are going to run into a brick wall the rest of the season. Like, it is... No. You said he's got a new favourite weapon. Christian Watson only caught half of his passes. And if he follows the trajectory of the other wide receivers in Green Bay, uh, this season at least, Christian Watson will be on the injury report in about six weeks. Uh, no, six weeks. About six minutes time. Like, he is... He is, yeah, destined to be injured like Lazard was, like Romeo Dubs has been. Um, I'm sure they've had others <laughs> through the doors right now. Uh, Sammy Watkins started the season that way. So, yeah, I, I don't think Rodgers is back. I just think Aaron Jones is a very, very, very good running back. <laughs> the, the problem is for the Packers is that it it's just there are only so many tickets to the ball. Um you got to say right now that it looks highly likely three NFC East teams are going in the Eagles, Giants, and the Cowboys. Um, the Cowboys are the worst placed of those at six and three, um, and they've just got Dak back rather than Cooper Rush. So you'd, you'd expect them to win more than they lose from here on. Um, the the Bucks are currently making it at five and five. So just by virtue of being a division winner, they only have to. You know, equal what they did. You know, win and lose as many as they do in an equal fashion from from now on to get there. Um, and then the the West is perhaps the place that throws up the 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 question in terms of right now the Seahawks are winning the division at six and four, and the Niners hold the final playoff spot at five and four. So they are a one and a half games ahead of the Packers, I think, who are four and six, but. And and to spoil like a bit of it, I, the Niners right now look every bit one of the best teams in the NFC, which is more a comment on the quality of the NFC. Um, but I think they are. I, I right now I would lock them to go to the playoffs. So like, are, you, are we thinking the Seahawks drop off and the Packers could overtake them? Because the the Packers aren't catching the Vikings eight and one at this point, so they're not winning the division. So they have to get through in a wild card spot. And I just, I cannot see how they get there. It's only a two or one and a half game swing, but the, the, the teams that are ahead of them are light years ahead of where they are in terms of the, both the quality of the football and the quality of their roster. Yeah. Sorry, that, that was almost analysis there. <laughs> that was, that was <laughs> we'll have serious. no more of that, thank you very much. Uh, wild, <laughs> yeah. wild analogies. Can we, please, can we please have pop culture references? <laughs> yes. yes. Of wild analogies, pop culture references you don't get, and uh, I don't know, game of who am I? But no more analysis. Uh, gotcha. <laughs> no, but I agree. Will do. Sorry, sir. But, Sorry, sir. But if I was going to do some analysis, I would. I would agree with the things that you said. 
but we, we shall we shall move on uh, I guess uh, unless Colin you've got a stance to take on uh, Tom calling the 49ers probably one of the best teams in the AFC right now uh, in the AFC I, I think t- that is probably a wild I said, shot I said <laughs> NFC but okay uh, I, I definitely heard AFC it sounded AFC but it is what it is it is what it is um Cool. Talking uh, NFC, NFC football. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals beat the LA Rams twenty-seven to seventeen in a game which answered the question that we were all wondering: Who is better, Colt McCoy or John Wolford? Uh, this was this was a game of preseason football played in the middle of. This the should year. have been last week, really, shouldn't it? Ah, uh, make it stop. <laughs> this is this is the sequel that no one. This is like the the reboot to the franchise that no one wanted. Uh, the tickets for this one, like the price of admission, tanks like within uh, minutes of the news that Stafford was going to miss this week and Kyler Murray was likely to be rested via because of illness. It was a game of football in which the Cardinals and the Rams have played all year, except this time the Cardinals had James Connor do James Connor things: twenty-one carries, sixty-nine yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, they also had Hopkins and Rondale Moore out there doing a lot of catching. They did lose Zach Ertz, who they acquired last season in the trade with the Eagles. Uh, he has been lost to a season-ending knee injury. They have not mentioned what kind of knee injury it is or what surgery he's due to have. Uh, as I say, on the other side, the Rams are the same sorry-ass Rams they've rolled out all year. Uh, Bryce Perkins had a completion in this game for negative three yards. Uh, that gives him the same quarterback rating as John Wolford, who threw 36 passes uh, somehow. Yeah, they have no run game to speak of and do not look like they're going to develop it anytime soon. And that just kills the entire offense if they don't have it. Uh, they also lost uh, Cooper Cup uh, to IR. Um, he has been... It was an ankle injury. Um yeah, high ankle sprain, I think it's been diagnosed as. Will, um, will require surgery on it, so will uh, placed on IR. He is probably done for the year because the Rams are done for the year. So it's going to be interesting now just to see. Like For the Rams, it's no longer about a Super Bowl race. For the Rams, it's about let's make our draft pick that we traded to the Lions worse off in position than the one the Lions are going to take. And the Lions are currently winning that race because the the Rams pick would be, currently be the 8th pick and the Lions are the 11th, as we said earlier. So that's pretty much their sole goal left this year uh, is yeah is to do that. And we could be in a season where the both previous Super Bowl contenders uh, or Super Bowl teams from last season may not make the playoffs which I don't know if that's happened before, but I'm sure it will have. But I, I, I understand. Yeah, it's not. It's not a common occurrence. Is no, it? no, it's, it's definitely miraculous. Uh, the Rams are a team you should go out of your way to not watch. Um, <laughs> if you've got literally anything else you'd like to be doing from nine o'clock to to one o'clock in the morning. Uh, do that because that's when they usually play I don't know if they've got any primetime games but I imagine they will get flexed out as many of those as they can one of my favourite moments of well the entire season happened this week um, the NFL were doing their salute to service uh, you know, week and Scott Hansen had uh, someone in the 
uh, red zone with him, <laughs> who was a, a Lions fan, and he sent them to watch, sent her to watch the uh, Cardinals Rams game uh, because Matt Stafford was her favorite player and he was ruled out with a concussion. And you think you'd think that the NFL would be like, we want to thank you for your service. You're a Lions fan. We will go. We'll spend the extra few dollars to send you to Chicago. You know, Detroit to Although, watch it. Yeah, or whatever. Go like to next week Stadium. or yeah. something. So. <laughs> but why, why was their solution? Well, it's next door. So we're just going to send you to watch. We're going to send you to watch two backup QBs play, neither of whom you have a vested. When they did it last year, they did the same thing. They just send them next door. The NFL are penny okay, pinching. Like, if that's the case, right? If that's find, the case, find a Rams fan, right? Fa- yeah, true. find a Rams fan. That's what I'm going to Finding a Rams fan yeah. means you've got to bring them over from St. Louis, and that's just as expensive, Colin. So. <laughs> Oh, dear. So, Tom, tell us why uh, the Chargers are a sorry-ass team in the AFC and the 49ers are a legit team in the NFC. So, this one started very strange. I wasn't sure whether I wanted to give the final score to begin with or give like sort of a breakdown. Uh, the 49ers won this one 22-16 uh, thanks to a four-and-out from Justin Herbert and the Chargers offense, which... Uh, summarised in the second half were fucking woeful however in the first half they put up 16 points and Justin Herbert and this Chargers offence looked dynamic they took shots downfield they made completions, they ran the ball really well, they were creative and their defence whilst not stifling the 49ers offence definitely gave them things to think about and I stopped this game at half time when I was watching it back, made a cup of coffee and I was like how the fuck did the Chargers throw this away? Um, I wondered how much of the game Justin Herbert missed after um, being hit in the head by Dre Greenlaw, uh, who was subsequently uh, ejected from the game. That hit has got a lot of talk um, kind of during the game, post-game. And I think by the letter of the law, well, it, was, it was looked at by New York and they decided to eject him. So I, I, it's very difficult to disagree with whether it was the correct call or not, in terms whoa, of whoa, whoa, whoa! This the, is the, NFL officiating. Yeah, it's very, yeah, very yeah, but, yeah. disagree but with it was the, the biggest, the biggest, the biggest eyes and the people that make the fucking rules have decided that that's an ejection. Like there is, there is no higher level of people that can look at it at that point. Whether we disagree is fine, but the point is, the people that made those fucking rules have said that that's an ejection. So, that, like, there isn't a higher power unless you're going to prey on it right um was the hit problematic in terms of the questions that it asks in the future and i think that's the issue um and and the problem here is herbert is rushing for a first down he gets tackled from behind his legs kind of get they don't get taken out from underneath him but he loses his balance um a player comes in from the side which forces him way off the line that he was travelling and that means that Trey Greenlaw basically hits him helmet to helmet when he was beginning to lower his shoulder and, and hit him on the angle that he was expecting him to come at, right? Um, it is not a... It, it's one of those ones that um, I wanted to mention with the Steelers. It It's a penalty but not a dirty hit. It's a clean penalty and those can exist. It's just everyone wants to conflate a penalty with a dirty hit, especially when it comes to unnecessary roughness, and that's just not the case. Um, and and as such, 
Chase Daniels came into the game and he was every bit that we thought Chase Daniel is and how has he got an NFL game they threw a busted screen he threw a check down four yards over the over the the receiver's head i think it was eckler running a little out from the from the running back spot and third down i don't think it ended up as a sack oh no it did end up as a sack for one yard where he basically at the ball tried to scurry forward for a couple of yards um, and, and was sacked by the converging pass rush so i was wondering whether chase daniels took the second half and that was why they put up no points and it wasn't. It was that the 49ers made one extremely simple change to their defense. And that was, hey, why are we lining up at these guys on the line when we could just give them a four-yard cushion and not be beaten 12 yards downfield? And as soon as they did that, the Chargers went back to what they've been doing for the past month, which was throwing checkdowns, not making people miss, uh, allowing pressure too quickly, and the offense just completely fell apart. Um, the Niners aren't as good of a running team as you might expect at this point in the season. Um, Shanahan and these Niners, you know, they get talked about a lot as an incredible running team. Uh, Garoppolo had another win without throwing a touchdown, which is like he's 10-0 and or something in games, or, or some, 10 wins when he doesn't. It's a stat that's been going around a bunch this week. Um, he looked fine. Um, he made a couple of iffy throws, but he made a couple of... He made a couple of throws that probably wouldn't have been completed every week, but Brandon Ayuk made a couple of insane grabs, like well outside of his threat frame, um, like down the sideline and coming back to it. He not necessarily had his best game as a pro. I'm sure he's had ones especially statistically, but he converted a lot of third, third downs into firsts and made a lot of plays that got them down the field. Elijah Mitchell outcarried Christian McCaffrey in this one and outproduced him. Um, this was... A functional win from a 49ers team who have enough to go to the playoffs. And once you get there, it's a complete crapshoot. You know, you just need this pass rush to tee off Jimmy Garoppolo not to throw away a game. And Christian McCaffrey or Devo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk or George Kittle to do something mad. Meanwhile, this Chargers team still can't get out of their own way. Their offense is still one-dimensional, short of the chains. Give it to Austin Eckler. Hope he can do something. They're looking to get Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back this week. But with this line and with Joe Lombardi calling the plays that he does, I just can't see how that's going to make enough of a difference to where it's going to make up for what their defense has given up. They cut a defensive lineman last week who was uh, claimed off of waivers by the Raiders and then had to put two defensive linemen on IR this week. It is just a shit show in LA right now. Uh, the most interesting part of that breakdown for me and the one that I can relate to the most is, or, or would like to relate to the most is, Chase Daniel has made $41 million in his career uh, and won a Super Bowl despite starting five games in 13 years. Uh, and currently earns around has earned around two hundred thirty thousand dollars per completed pass. So, congrats to Chase Daniel. What a career! <laughs> He's living the dream, just making millions off of this team. Um, by far, the most interesting part for me was him seeing, like, seeing him come onto the field and being like, "Shit, I actually need to put on my helmet and get out there, and not just, you know, hold the tablet." Uh, yeah, it, it was good, but. The Chargers complete shit show. Uh, I think the if I'm right, the the D tackle they released was someone that we drafted. So it's uh, you know you know they're already down bad. Uh, things just got worse. <laughs> like is is next off season the off season that the Chargers finally stop getting hyped up? 
Because no. what are we going on now? Like six years in a row? No, because and they they um, always flatter to the They will always, always have that because of charge. Charges will talk up the charges again when Joe Lombardi's fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. They are desperate for him. To they go. are the Pittsburgh of California. Uh, <laughs> but no, they're 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 they're, the, they're about to be the best. I use that term loosely team in the market that the NFL is <laughs> fucking insisting that they succeed at uh, despite being penny pinching bastards who paid nothing for a stadium and have no fans there <laughs> like I, I don't think the, the media landscape will let the charges be bad until they are unequivocally bad again uh, unfortunately Brad, yes. quick fire question for you do we see an NFL franchise in Europe before we see the Chargers return to San Diego? Yes. Because okay. I don't... I think if there's one thing they wouldn't do is they would do their best to not go back to San Diego with their tail between their legs. I find it far more likely that they'll be like the Scranton Chargers uh, <laughs> just because it'll be cheap for them to play there or something. Well... Scranton does have a connection, a connection to electricity, so you can see that one. <laughs> uh, and like Scranton, they're good on paper, uh, but not in reality. Uh, Colm, last game of the week, Monday Night Football. You, you made yourself a, a nice football sandwich for the first and the last game of the week. How was it? Commanders oh, at the Eagles. We, I think we've already alluded to it. The, the Commanders pulled off the upset. How did they do it? Uh, well, the perfect season has now been cancelled for the Eagles, and that means Jalen Hurts is now a bum. <laughs> um, uh, the Commanders found a way to completely absorb the clock uh, throughout this game. Uh, in the f- Of the 30 minutes that make up the first half, the uh, Eagles managed to possess the ball for six minutes. Uh, <laughs> we did score twice in that time, but it was just a case of no Jordan Davis means... Uh, that you just run up the gut constantly and just eat as much clock as physically possible. Um, I don't think anyone's big draft talking... love this year has hit more than Jordan <laughs> Davis has for Tom. Because it literally has been like, well, they've had two weeks without Jordan Davis. How bad could it be? And it feels like an Arrested Development skit. You just cut to their rushing up the middle numbers. It's like, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> it's really bad. I think all the talking points from this game, though, come to the fact that when they were down by two points in the fourth quarter, uh, the Eagles fumbled away the ball on three of their four final drives. Jesus Christ. Um, one of these, uh, one of these ha- uh, <laughs> resulted in a replay, and Orpah's note here, were you aware that all turnovers are automatically reviewed? <laughs> uh, this replay showed that Dallas Goddard uh, clearly had his face mask face masked, um, but New York cannot use a review to point out a blatant and obvious missed penalty, so the refs had to <laughs> keep the turnover, um, but just rule that it had been an actual turnover, rather than saying uh, we should probably allow the Eagles <laughs> to have 15 yards and the ball still. Um, that is the kind of bullshittery which I think we tried to negate after the divisional game when there was a, a blatant um, P.I., uh, in that Rams uh, Saints game a few years ago. What about ago? the one in the Super Bowl? And then, they, and then the league massively overcorrected. What about the one in the Super Bowl? Um, where T Higgins just <laughs> fucking had a faithful of Jalen Ramsey, and then oh look at that, he's what, completely what, what, open. What I meant was that 20, 2018, 2019 one 
was when they went, okay, well, now oh, we're going to yeah, make yeah. PIs reviewable. And then everyone hated it and they got rid of that. But the point, the point of it was initially, if you see something completely ridiculous and obvious, the refs should be able to go, oh, we missed that. Let's overdo it. <laughs> they, they had to review it because it's a turnover. And they've gone, <laughs> New York has obviously gone, hmm, that was quite a blatant face mask penalty <laughs> there, which is... Also, somehow resulted in Dallas got it. I think maybe fracturing his collarbone. Yeah, he's on. I'm still waiting IR, to hear exactly what happened. He's on. He's on. He's on down for the year. Ah, okay. Uh, but they couldn't overturn it, so it was like it was really just embarrassing for the for the NFL. That, um, yeah. Uh, basically, the Commanders held out to win this one, 32-21. Uh, Taylor Harlecky celebrated after this game by wearing all his defensive players' chains while shirtless and drinking on the plane. And this made one Vikings player really upset that they were copying him. Uh, they were copying Kirk Cousins. He got real petty about it on Twitter. It was like, come up with your own thing. Why are you copying I think Cousins? one of the lines was... It just felt like an 11-year-old. Yeah, I think it was, a, it was Chris Boyd, who immediately I thought, why the fuck does yeah. a Rangers fo- ex-Rangers footballer have to, anything to do with, uh, with, with this? But he also said, it doesn't even look like you're having fun while you're doing it. Which is like, what are you... <laughs> Please, you're a grown-ass man. Uh, it should also yeah. be noted that the Eagles immediately after this game have added Linville Joseph uh, to the roster to <laughs> very realize okay that Jordan Davis sized hole in our line might need to get fixed. I must admit I thought you meant Greg Joseph and I didn't realize he was cut <laughs> and I was like I'm not sure why a kick is going to help. Uh, um, did you even talk about the the final <laughs> penalty yet? No, I haven't. Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> well, so the the game is about to end. Uh, the commanders are, are trying to kill the clock. Um, and it's, I believe, third down. Um, and the, the Eagles get through to, to Heineke. And he realises this and starts to go down. He basically takes a knee. Um, the two pass rushers converge on him and give him the merest of touches. Um, yeah. Somebody comes from his his like front on side, like the play side, and someone comes from like basically directly across of him. They they don't just touch him, but they do not tackle him. Heineke falls to the ground in uh, Rivaldo esque fashion at the corner flag. Um, the, the the refs throw the flag for unnecessary roughness. They get the first down, um, and I I was on Twitter at the time. And I was saying, like, the first penalty, the, the face mask on Earth, right? Like, you can complain about that, but really, maybe just stop the fucking run. And and then that one play doesn't fucking matter. And then that, that last one happened, I was like, yeah, that's really fucking bad <laughs> to get done by both of them. He's hey. really hey, difficult. I didn't think Taylor Heineke could get any better. But to see him successfully execute the Eddie Guerrero on the Monday Night Football stage are just wonderful. Just completely managed to trick the refs into the penalty and uh, full credit to him. Now, if he does that against my team, there'll be other things I'll, I'll say. But for now, uh, yeah, wonderful execution. Uh, viva la raza. Yeah. <laughs> All of those things and more. So that's week, 11, uh, week 10 in the books. Week 11 starts tomorrow. Um, shall we do a quick game draft before we yes, go? Yes, we're trying to clearly we're trying to get through this uh, <laughs> season as quick as we can. Cool. Uh, so the rotation will be: I get first game, Tom, you get second game, Colin, you get the third game, and the turn uh, for the first game of the week. Let me have a look. Oh boy, 
there are some doozies in there. I, uh, I, I, I can't, I can't stand by that statement. <laughs> I don't feel like there are actually any. Uh, I'll take Cowboys at the Vikings. Um, that means it's me then, doesn't it? And this is again just three nine PM games. Like what what are we doing here, guys? Um Scott and on Hansen that, demands an Octobox. <laughs> I, I really I, I don't want to watch Denver again. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say Kansas at, at Langley's. Sunday Sunday night football. Two to you, got him. Yeah, I've just realised that, that that has got to be the worst matchup probably this season, hasn't it? It's the Raiders versus the Broncos. <laughs> and yeah, you said Jesus. you didn't want to watch the Jets, baby. <laughs> the Jets are going to leave you with them. I've, I've had a week away from seeing the Jets, and I'm thinking, maybe I missed the Jets. <laughs> well, you've got two games, so oh. you know, don't rush into it. I'll hold off on that for a moment. <laughs> give me... Give me Philly at the Colts. I want to see if Jess Saturday can keep up his perfect record. Fair point. And... Yeah, go on in. I will take Thursday night football as well. <laughs> every, week. Versus... every week. <laughs> every week. I don't, I don't even... I don't yeah, even because every week... I'll... One, and it's Thursday football, so I never need to. <laughs> I'm taking Monday Night Football, San Fran versus Arizona. Colum just has an obsession with colour rush cool. he doesn't want to tell us about. Just, just to be clear, Tom, you are aware that we, you know, we're recording on Monday next week, right? That's fine. That's fine. Addendums. Okay. Uh, give me Taylor Heineke. Even though... who has just announced, just been announced the starter, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Give me that game at six o'clock. Uh, oh. Fuck it, Tom. You said who I watch the Lions <laughs> or the or, or the Bears. You're doing it. I'm gonna watch the Bears at the Falcons because that game could be a slobber knocker of mediocrity. Uh, I'm gonna take another 9:25 game or, or a 9:25 game. I'm gonna take Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. And I currently have no 6 p.m. games at the moment. <laughs> you have the entire late night slate, brother. I have that right. Column two to you. All right, JTES. Uh, <laughs> he has picked them with many still on the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but to be to be clear, nearly every other game is sheer garbage. <laughs> no, there's still this. Yeah, to borrow, to borrow. Oh, phrase. I'm sorry. Let's see. Let's see if Jonathan Wolford can beat Andy <laughs> Dalton. Shall we? To borrow a phrase, Tom, from uh, engineers. Uh, the odds are good, but the goods are odd. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. I'll t- I'll take the goddamn Panthers versus the Ravens and hope this game's over by uh, 7.15. Lovely stuff. That finishes up. Column's got a four-game week. He's done by 6 o'clock on Sunday. Yeah, well, sorry, but I'm out of work. Uh, um, just because you watched these two teams last week, I'm going to take Detroit at New York. Yes. I've got to watch them anyway. So. <laughs> 
so that leaves you with Cleveland at Buffalo and <laughs> the, the infinite last pick, Los Angeles at New Orleans Saints. Oh, God. And One second. Uh, just finding a coin. <laughs> no, no, you've got both of them. Uh, no, because if I take the Browns at the Bills, that means one comes back to you. That's how snaking mm. works. No, you have both picks. You only have. There's any. Oh, oh, there's Vegas. Oh, I didn't see Vegas <laughs> yeah, at Denver. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I'll take the Rams at the Saints because I don't need to watch that game. I can watch the game in twenty, and I'll leave you, Tom, with the Raiders at the Broncos. Oh, no. <laughs> All the nine o'clock games. The two teams that I hated watching the most <laughs> after this week. See, Colin, it comes back. It's around. okay. I'll just. I'll, I'll just go to bed at nine. I'll be right. <laughs> You'll have plenty of time to uh, to catch up. You'll be watching good, decent football with the Chiefs, and then every Chargers drive, you'll just speed through the other three nine o'clock games. <laughs> oh, lovely stuff. Anyway, if there's nothing else to add, that wraps us up for another episode. It's normally this week's episode of the And the Kickers Good podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you wish to, please follow us on Twitter at the Kickers Up. But from me, it's goodbye. Goodbye. I love you and I'm sorry I sang on this episode. <laughs> <laughs>